Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. My name is Tyler Fornis, and with me, as always, is Fred. No gimmicks needed, Steve the Samurai Moreland. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I've got two dogs playing next to me, and they're not barking, so I'm going to take that as a win. We have a very special guest here today. He is the lead reviewer for Wrestling Observer Newsletter's uh, Ring of Honor coverage, and Voice of Wrestling's own creator of the Dynamite Dozen, the Brockumentary, and the Bummer of Punk. He is Mr. Suit Williams. Suit, how are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be on Good, the Bad, and the Hungy. The king of NXT recaps. <laughs> I am working through that show right now. I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> that, who, who can blame you for not enjoying No Mercy? Well, we are not here to talk about No Mercy. So we are here to talk about your wonderful creation that is the Dynamite Dozen. Um, take us through real quick your thought process behind creating it, and then we want to dive in, just right in, and, and get your thoughts on the best matches of the year from the A-Show in professional wrestling. Yeah, so my thought process on when I was creating the uh, list back in 2020 was AEW only does four pay-per-views a year. And they have been giving out such high quality television wrestling, like TV wrestling at a level like on scene before in wrestling. So I wanted to like document the best stuff that uh, AEW was putting on television and uh, highlight it and kind of just uh, do a nice little uh, like recap of the year in a sort of sense. And so I've been doing this uh, 2020, 21, 22. This will be the fourth Dynamite Dozen, and uh, yeah, it's been fun looking back at all these, putting these things all together, and kind of um, format formatting and tinkering with the uh, with the process. It's been fun and like uh, kind of just re- going back and remembering like the best stuff of the year that AEW's done, and uh, yeah, it's been very fun, and this list is very fun too. Yeah, we're really excited to uh, talk about this list. And let's just dive in. We have our own dynamite dozens that we'll we'll talk about at the end of the show, but we wanna we wanna focus on yours because yours is the creme de la creme. And l- let's just dive right into it, suit. Where uh, we'll start at twelve and work our way up. What well, do you have hold 12? on. We do oh. have an uh, our honorable half dozen, the six matches that just missed out on the list. Okay, and I figured it was nice to. You know, I like alliteration, if you can't tell. Dynamite dozen. <laughs> Honorable half dozen. 
Now, so Sue, had, uh, is this your personal opinions or is this based off of cage match data? Or Yes, this is, and I meant to go into that, uh, the list was based on a, it was a combination of uh, cage match uh, ratings and grapple app ratings. Now the grapple app sunsetted in June. So now it's just cage match ratings where I'm taking the, uh, the ratings and just rating them highest to lowest. Any ties are broken by what match has the uh, has more ratings uh, at the time. Cool. Yeah, so uh, I will start with the honorable half dozen. This is uh, 18 to 13 on the list if you uh, want to keep track. So at number 18, just sneaking onto the list... From the January 11th, 2023 episode of Dynamite, it is Hangman Page versus John Moxley. Hangman's return from the concussion. Uh, this got an 8.38 rating on 459 total ratings. So this was Hangman coming back from the concussion, taking on Mox in LA on that big forum Dynamite and uh, getting his win back. And, uh, kind of re-kicking off the uh, feud that Hangman was in for most of this year. So that is number 18. Uh, number, uh, By the way, keep an uh, ear out for that January 11th Dynamite. We're going to be hearing that. Uh, we're going to be hearing January 11th a few times. Number 17. Number uh, 5 on the honorable half dozen. From the November 23rd Dynamite in Chicago, it is Chris Jericho defending the Ring of Honor world title against Tomohiro Ishii. This got an 8.4 with 314 total ratings. This was, uh, I just watched the highlights of that match and uh, the YouTube clip starts and Jericho's chest is already bleeding from Ichi's chops. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. An all-time legendary shot. So great. Excellent, excellent stuff. All right. Number 654 on the honorable half dozen. Remember, these are the honorable mentions. From the January 11th Dynamite from Los Angeles. Escalera de la Muerte, Death Triangle versus the Elite, the seventh, uh, game seven in the best of seven. This had an 8.47 rating on 461 ratings. And yeah, you know, casual, casual ladder match with six of the best workers in the world. <laughs> and it just squeaks on to the honorable mentions. Casual ladder match might be my favorite line of the year. <laughs> Barely worth mentioning. There you go. A little, a little mention right here. All right, number three on the honorable half dozen from the February first dynamite from Cincinnati, Ohio. It is Hangman Page versus John Moxley three. Uh, that is the one where Mox got the roll up win, and neither guy was happy, and that led to the. Uh, Texas Death Match at Revolution. Uh, this got an 8.57 on 363 total ratings. So Hangman and Mock with two matches hitting the honorable half dozen. Up to number two. From the January 11th Dynamite from Los Angeles. Third of three. 
It is Brian Danielson versus Kanosuke Takeshita. This was Danielson's road to uh, Road to Revolution, his road to MJF in the Iron Man match. Uh, this had an 8.57 rating on 461 total rating. So this uh, same rating as Hangman Mox 3, but more rating. So it uh, gets the bump up there. And then the uh, number one match on the honorable half dozen, the last honorable mention, and the last time these two were tolerable, from the June 14th Dynamite, Adam Cole versus MJF in the AEW World Title Eliminator. The 30-minute draw that made me think these two would have a good feud. And, well, things changed, guys. Well, things changed. Well, it would be the best thing on NXT, at least. That's debatable. Uh <laughs> 8.58 readings. Uh, go ahead, Tyler. The one thing, the one thing I found really interesting with these is it's multiple John Moxley and Hangman Page matches, but neither one of them was the concussion match. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued yeah. to see if that ended up making the top ten because even though it had a wonky finish, that match was phenomenal. I can tell you right now that match is not on the list. I was interested in the same thing. I looked it up earlier, but I don't have it to hand. I think that match has like a 6.5 or something, and I think that's due to the concussion kind of taking everybody out of it. But, yeah, I looked that up earlier because I was interested too. I was wondering, was that match in the time frame? I think it was, and it was, but the rating just wasn't high enough. Yeah. It, was there anything on this half dozen that's, that surprised you, Suit, as you were compiling this, that didn't make it to the top 12, but ended up in that honorable mention category? Uh, the latter match, I thought that would have been a shoo-in at the time I watched it. Um, I just thought, you know, it being the big peak of the best of seven series would have been the, uh, it would have made the list as kind of like a, Kind of like a given, like the peak of the feud. I will say mm -hmm. this. We got another Death Triangle Elite match on the list. So keep an eye out for that. Ooh. And then uh, Cole versus MJF. I thought that match was, fanta was fantastic. I did um, an instant reaction to that show with Rich Krejci for the flagship. And uh, yeah, we just raved about that match. I think we both went like four and a half on it. And it's got an 8.58, which is divided by two. That's four and a quarter. Yeah. So, it, you know, Cage Match obviously liked it. But, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff this year. And we'll get into it. So, yeah, I'm just surprised I didn't sneak on the list towards I'm the end. Spoiler alert that Adam Cole MJF time on the draw ended up as my – ended up in my top 12. I won't, I won't yeah. say which one. But uh, – well, let's get into it. Let's go match by match. Let's talk about it. Let's let's unveil suit your number 12 in the Dynamite Dozen. All right. The number 12 match on the Dynamite Dozen from the August 4th edition of Rampage from Jacksonville, Florida. It's the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Best Friends in a parking lot fight. It's got an 8.64 on 243 total ratings. 
So this was uh, The Death of the Best Friends by the Cowards, the Blackpool Combat Club. That was long a lot of live, fun. Long live Sue. Yeah. What, what, that, Sue what is your take on Sue? Uh, Sue's fun. She's fine. She pulls up in a van and waves. It It is what it is. She's a great NPC. Yes. That's a perfect way to describe it. Now, this this was one of my favorite matches of the year. I, I absolutely love the parking lot brawl. And it the best friends had a, in my opinion, the best parking lot brawl of all time against uh, Proud and Powerful back. What? I don't. Was that during the pandemic? I think it, it, was. I, it was. I think it was. Um, that match was fantastic. The uh, it, it gave me like um, r- reminiscence of like uh, John Cena, Eddie Guerrero in their parking yes. lot brawl from 2003 SmackDown, which ironically was the first SmackDown, like the first wrestling television show I ever watched. And I got nice. Cena and Guerrero in a parking lot brawl, pretty cool. But yeah, they just they just know how to brawl and they know how to how to go kick ass and this works so so well and the nice touch of the um claudio opening up every door because orange cassidy jumped out um and then wheeler yuda jumped out of a car i thought was just perfect yeah call back to the first parking lot fight claudio haven't studied his tape but uh, i can tell you um that first parking lot fight that is uh the 22nd top rated uh, AEW match of all time. So on the all time list, that is still up there at number 22. Imagine so how, match. like, this company has been that great for so long that it's only a 22nd. That's astounding. Yeah. And yeah, this one was awesome because you got Deathmatch Dustin, you got Trent being a maniac, um, you, you had Chuck siphoning the gas out of a car <laughs> which was so awesome <laughs> crazy then, extremely yeah. kentucky absolutely and then you had uh yeah just blackpool combat club leaving them land just telling them you're not in our league and just destroying sue's van as just total as just jerks. like the the uh, return of the uh, what's the second Star Wars? Return of the uh, no, Re- return of the Jedi was. Jedi, um, yeah. It's Vampire Strikes Back. That's what That's I mean. Yeah. Yes, I'm not a Star Wars guy. If you can't tell, I <laughs> I've seen like half of that one. <laughs> we'll have a conversation about that later, suit. <laughs> All right. Any uh, any other thoughts on this parking lot brawl before we we move on to number eleven? No, I'm good. Let's hop up to number eleven on the list. Let's do it. All right. So number eleven with an eight point six eight rating with two hundred sixty five total ratings from the December 9th episode of Rampage. So Rampage getting two on the list. How about that? It is John Moxley versus Kanosuke Takeshita. So this was... I'll be honest, I don't remember how this match came about, but I watched the highlights and it ruled. I watched the YouTube clip I got uh, 
I got paired with it, and yeah, it's Mox and Takeshita, and it was awesome. Was this during the era where Takeshita was just getting all these big singles matches and he was losing them all? Just so, yes. like, that exposure on TV? Yeah, because, like, the month later he had the Danielson match, which was on the uh, honorable mentions. That was during Danielson's run. But, yeah, Takeshita was also getting uh, some shine there. And, he, uh, yeah, this match was awesome. Takeshita, it reminds you that Takeshita is such a great baby face. Like, he's just... His moves are so explosive, and he's got that just fighting energy about him. Yeah, very good stuff. It was, I think this was during, like, a point where, like, Tony Khan was like, yeah, yeah, Rampage matters. Here's Mox, see? And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I remember this show exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the few but Rampages yeah. this year I've watched. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's... Rampage has gotten so hard to watch. It's it's not NXT level. It's just it's it's like when Dark first came around, Dark ruled for like three weeks, and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. why why am I, why am I watching this every week? I like this last week's Rampage because it was like kind of building up to the pay per view and building up to the other big shows too. Like, there wasn't a lot of fat on this week's Rampage, and Rampage tends because it's an hour show. One match can be like. A good chunk of fat so just keep things streamlined keep things with like, important stuff and i think that's the formula for rampage yeah that's a yeah. that's a really good point let's move on to number 10 because I'll, I'll be honest i remember that match i remember it being very good but i couldn't tell you anything about it otherwise yeah number 10 8.69 rating nice with a four with 416 total ratings from the July 8th episode of Collision. It is FTR versus Bullet Club Gold, the non-title match. The non-title? Yes. Interesting. I would not have guessed that they put this on. I liked that match quite a bit, but yeah. Uh, I review uh, col- I review Collision for F4W Online as well, and I called this the first great match in Collision history because it was like it was a great match. It was just a old school, just two teams battling it out. It felt you know Joe Lanza brings it up all the time. It felt like a you know WCW Saturday Night match. These two just going out there and having this old school just. Heat comeback tag match that ruled, and you know, you wouldn't expect Jay White and Juice Robinson to like team so well, but those two, you know, they came up in the New Japan dojo together, so Mm -hmm. and they've been around each other forever, so you know, it's not that surprising once you think about it, but yeah, these two just came together and had a great, had a great tag match here that built up to the. Title match the next week, which, spoiler alert, we'll be talking about it. You know, I remember that title match, and it came came about in a, in a time where I was just incredibly busy. I still have not watched that title match. I need oh, to man. do that. I will say that you you need to. Yes. Yes, you should. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm a very dedicated podcast host. Um, any <laughs> any final thoughts about about this before we go on 
Nah, good, nah, good stuff. I will say that there is a jump here in uh, total ratings. The next match goes up to an 8.79. So we get that first kind of hop in uh, quality, in, well, not quality, but like rating. So I will say that as we go into number nine on the Dynamite Dozen from the January 18th episode of Dynamite. Uh, 8.79 on 426 total ratings. This is Brian Danielson's Road to Revolution. It is him versus Bandito. That was a great Danielson match. Danielson versus Bandito. It Fantastic. was. Yeah. I will say this barely missed my list, and I think I think it might have been the same for you as well, Fred. The, we talked about yeah. this extensively at the time. This is Bandito should honestly have the same route as Kanosuke Takeshita. Just let him do cool shit for like six months. It doesn't matter if he loses and then push the hell out of him. He should. Yeah. And it's it's funny that his last match, his last AEW match to date was against Takeshita where he broke his wrist. Mm-hmm. So he should be yeah. back pretty quick because wrist, I think. You would think so. It's like yeah, yeah. eight to 16 weeks, depending on a lot of factors. But he did have surgery, so that might be complicating it. I think I saw that he's booked for like a show in Mexico in like November or December. So if like you know, if he's taking dates for then, he's expecting to be cleared around that time. So mm-hmm. yeah. Hope to see him back. Bandito is cool. He's got a cool mask and he's a very good wrestler. That's all you need. That's Not gonna lie. Need. Other than Doki's mask, I think Bandito's got the coolest mask. Just because it's it is that uniqueness and he like Bandito, he looks like a, a train robber bandit from the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. The bandana on the mask. It's kind of, it's like a super Kolo with the hat stitched into the mask. It's cool. Yeah, that rolled the edge. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. Let's move on, suit. I believe we're on number seven. Number eight. Are we on number eight? Number eight. Okay. 12, 11, 10, 9. Yeah. All right, from Dynamite number 188, this got an 8.8 rating on 473 total ratings. Uh, Again, May 10th Dynamite. This was the Steel Cage match. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. The placement on here is very interesting, Suit, mainly because the, the finish to the match wasn't exactly clean. Now, I think it worked in the context of the story, but... Just kind of looking at some of your research and your data, do you think that this was hindered by the fact that Don Callis came in with that screwdriver? I actually think that that helped because having such a big story beat in the match, like it, it kind of just like it makes it more memorable in your head, and it makes the match a bigger event because something massive happened in it with. Uh, you know, the split between Omega and Callus. And yeah, it helps that the match was great too. You know, Omega busting through the cage with the V trigger. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't tear his leg off like a drumstick when he fell in between the cage and the ring. But yeah, having such a great match and then having that like big like exclamation point of the story ending. I do think, I do think that kind of, I didn't think that hindered it. I do think it helped. 
Yeah, I thought it elevated it as well because it helped. Uh, it, it felt meaningful and not like a, a bullshit way out of a decisive finish. See, I, I agree here, gentlemen, but I'm my thought process was: Did the masses agree? Because we're the smarks. We're we're the ones who are that invested, and I don't know how like every cage match Raider is going to be in kind of the same ballpark. So that that was kind of my thought process, but. It makes sense because the cow is coming with the screwdriver and the screwdriver continues to come into play. And the, I think it was at all in when they, st- or no, it was all out where they stuck the screwdriver actually into the ring. I in thought the that mat, was a great yeah. touch. Well, they know about cage match, so they can't be, uh, they can't be too normie. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> fair. Completely fair. Yeah. All right. So certain level of sicko there. Yeah. <laughs> they'll Unless never be watched Western. On. They'll never be watched Western Kentucky versus Troy football sicko. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's head on to number seven on the list at an 8.87 rating on 416 total ratings from the February 1st episode of Dynamite. No holds barred match for the TNT title. It is Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. The third one. Oh, okay. Is this the only is this the only Darby Allen Samoa Joe on the list? Yes, it is. Ah, disappointing. Interesting. The the one from my birthday, December 7th, is my personal favorite of that trilogy. Same. I can tell you, I do have an extensive list with more matches on there as like a uh, like a match consideration list to get everything together. And I will tell you that uh, Darby and Joe just missed the honorable mentions. It's like about ten spots down. It had an eight point one five rating. Wow, so eight point one five. That that must have really sucked. <laughs> yeah, only four. Only four. Oh, uh, what did the Seattle match rate? Because I know that because the um, Darby and Joe from your birthday was the first one, and yep, then they and had the match one, in Seattle. I'm one four, and I'm trying to find that one. Did I not get the rate? I think that was that the weakest one? one of the bunch, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that one might not have made the list in general. I'll double check cage match to be sure, but I will check and see. Do 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 matches. Match constellation. Only singles matches. TNT title, Samoa Joe title change. Dynamite 170. Nope, 7.65. So I wouldn't have even put that on the on the listing. All right. Oh wow. Yeah. We're learning. So there you go. But yeah, this one, uh, I went five stars on this. This is gonna be on my match of the year list. But yeah, it when a match gives you the same feeling that Samoa Joe Necro Butcher does, you you give it five stars. That's at least my headcanon on things. Fun fact. I watched Samoa Joe Necro Butcher for the first time a few months ago. I was like, what in the world am I watching? Yeah. And the the finish was so great because Necro Butcher still wanted to go kill him. And it was 
<laughs> that match is just phenomenal. I got to watch that match again today. Just talking about it now, I got to carve some time. Well, luckily, it's only about 15 minutes long. That's the nice part about it. Uh, all right. We are up now to number six. I like how we talk. I, I like how we talk more about Joe Necro Butcher than Joe Darby. <laughs> I'm saving a little bit on that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So number six on the list at an 8.94 rating with 361 total votes from the January 25th episode of Dynamite. It was the Jay Briscoe tribute match, Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe. Let me ask you this, Sue, because we had a long discussion on the show about this match because it's it's such a unique match because it, there's so much emotion and so so many unfortunate circumstances surrounding it. Did you yeah. give this match a traditional star rating? I don't think I did, no. Like I, if I were to like put one on there, I'd go like four and a quarter if memory serves. But like tribute matches are weird because it's just like, you know, that's not the like, you're not in the mind frame to be like thinking of a match like that kind of critically or more just emotionally watching it and just, you know you're going along with it and like feeling what the guys are feeling and kind of, kind of like, I don't want to say like mourning, but you're like celebrating the, you know, celebrating the match and celebrating the life of the person that they're honoring. I remember on the first dynamite dozen, um, one of the matches that I think it was like, um, like top five or something was, the six-man tag from the Brody Lee Memorial show. It was Hangman and the Dark Order versus MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. And I remember like just writing about uh, seeing little Brody hit MJF with the uh, kendo stick and just having the big smile on his face and just being like, you know what, maybe this stuff isn't so stupid if a kid whose dad died a week ago can like smile and... like laugh at something like after losing his dad it's like you know maybe this maybe this is a useful thing to have you know yeah we were kind of in the same boat i can't remember if you actually rated it fred i couldn't because it i was did just, rate it yeah yeah and it was just such a such a weird dichotomy to discuss and decipher out because it's yeah it's there tough a- yeah, I, I was there live for it, and uh, I, I call it the the crying in the club corollary. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, if I'm like moved to tears by a match, it's five stars. So uh, <laughs> unless it's like the bad tears, uh, but that's not really a thing that's happened. But yeah, like it was so emotional in the building that I, like it's got to go on the list of like just the all time classics. Uh, and I, I worry it's kind of being forgotten a little bit, but it was, and, you know, it was just a really special moment. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote the blurb for this match already that like it happening on Jay's on Brisco, Jay Briscoe's birthday and it being Mark's, you know, first time on Dynamite and it coming after, you know, the emotion of like 
hearing that Mark Briscoe was still like not going to be allowed on the show and then hearing that he would be and then the whole, you know, the whole show being a tribute to Jay was, you know, getting all those emotions out was, it was a nice moment to have. Yeah, it really was. It was, I remember when CM Punk joined the company, he said the, the deciding factor of him joining was the tribute show to Brody Lee. And yeah. I hope Tony never has to do another one, but he has done a phenomenal job with the two tribute shows that he's he has done thus far. Yeah. And it's an it's I don't know how to frame this, but it's it's unfortunate that he's really good at it. It's bad that that they have to happen. Yeah. But it's good that they just know how to do them. They know how to do them. Mm-hmm. You know. It's something you don't want to have to be good at, but it's good that he's good at it. Yes. Yeah. All right, Suit. We're up to number five, I believe. What is your number five match on the Dynamite Dozen? We are at the top five. So with an 8.95 rating on 314 votes from the December 28th edition of Dynamite New Year's Smash, I believe this was in Denver if memory serves me correct there. But it was game six of the best of seven. Falls count anywhere. Death Triangle versus the Elite. Do, 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 Got to get the Rumble Rock in there. Fantastic. I'll be honest. I remember absolutely nothing about this match, but I remember being really, really good. I, I don't remember anything from games three through six but I could tell you the, the finishes to both games one and two. Game three, until the uh, games three and four, I remember they cheated in four because Omega wanted to like just let's have the weapons matches from here on out. And yeah, game six, this was uh, that was this one, and this was the one that had Omega. Uh, the finish was Omega hitting the one-winged angel like off a part of the stage on pack to win it. And uh, yeah, this, you know, once it was they a wild game, brutal brawl. It was. It started in the back, and then uh, I think I'm pretty sure uh Matt Jackson did the um the locomotion down the ramp, the uh, rolling back suplexes, and um but yeah, you know, once they got to the uh, stipulation matches with these matches, that's when it like picked up, and then you had match seven, which was, uh, which I thought was the peak of it. But it's in the honorable mentions, and this one's number five on the whole dang list. I think what's cool about that is everybody was rating each match in a vacuum, and at, yeah. like most of these ratings come in within twenty four forty eight hours, so they're. Saying, okay, we loved this match at this level. And when you kind of compile them all together, it's a little surprising, but it we're not ranking them at the end of it. Now I want to check my um uh, match consideration list to see because I think there was okay, match two, the one in Chicago, that was one, two, three, four, five, six spots away from the uh honorable mentions. I got an eight point two. So that was the next closest of the seven. Okay. So, yeah. 
Good stuff from them. All yeah, right, who, let's who hop. That's oh, the seven ahead. series are great when you have great people in them. I still remember the, the Chris Benoit Booker T best of seven from WCW. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that works? Just let good wrestlers wrestle a bunch and they have good matches. Yeah. Booking wrestling is easy. <laughs> uh, speaking of letting good uh, great wrestlers wrestle, we'll move on to number four on the list. Uh, every match from here on in has an, uh, at least a nine rating on cage match. This has a 9.02 with 437 total ratings from the championship fight night episode of Dynamite from February 8th. It is Brian Danielson completing his road to revolution when he went one-on-one with Roosh. So Roosh getting a top four spot on the locker room leader Roosh there. (laughs) There you go. Stabilizing influence Roosh. (laughs) Roosh was phenomenal in this match. And oh yes. Consider I remember when he came into the company, everybody was like, I don't want to deal with this bullshit. It's it's just not going to be worth it. And then he comes in and he's doing a bunch of television jobs. Like he's been great. And the best part is it's not like that Hulk Hogan bullshit where every time three hits, that shoulder's popping off the mat. It's yeah. he's he's been he's a team just doing player jobs. And he's he's been great. And I think what he realizes if he does jobs in America, it doesn't mean shit when he goes back to Mexico. <laughs> hey, he's still a huge star in Mexico. So I I loved this match, and I would love to see Roosh in more matches like this. I think we're going to get to see a potential like um, Roosh versus MJF match at some point with, I believe it's La Faccione and Gobernable with the ones that attack. No, it would be them against Jay White, not MJF. I'm dumb. Yeah. Um, but I think they were the ones behind the mask, and I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. But Roosh has been great, and I hope he gets used more. I know he signed a new contract with AEW, and – I think Look, he's been Tony on paternity Khan's... leave. I think, yeah. yeah, I think he's been on paternity leave. Well, good for them giving him paternity leave. I know Hangman Page got it. I don't know how much they're given, but I know Hangman at least had like a month because then he came back and he won the title. But yeah, it's... yeah, Roosh, we saw him at All Out. Uh, it, it was the videos with uh, LFI with Preston and uh, uh, Drillistico getting kidnapped, and we saw Roosh at, uh, back at All Out. So. You know, maybe it's them. I will take Roosh versus MJF, and I want Roosh to win because he's awesome. I just um, realized that that LFI may have been just wanting to take Jay White to a crazy weekend in Tijuana, and uh, <laughs> just, a, just a big misunderstanding. It's possible, man. That is possible. But Roosh has been, like, I didn't get it with Roosh. Like, when he signed, I was one of those people like, okay, let's see how this works out. And it's worked out great. He's been awesome. He's been so great. And like, he had that Jungle Boy match, which like didn't make sense, but it was still great. Like mm-hmm. before Double or Nothing. And like, yeah, I can't wait for him to come back because I think he's gonna be, you know, I think he's gonna be on a Collision. Uh, he's gonna be on that Collision uh, roster, and it's gonna be. I'm gonna get to uh, review Roosh matches. And that's going to be awesome because Roosh is great. And Brian Danielson is also very good at wrestling. Shocker. As he's on, as he's on like 
uh, four of these matches. And what? He's wrestled like a total of, in singles matches like eight times in the past 12 months. Like, yeah. just a remarkable hit rate for Brian Danielson. Speaking of, is he in your number three match? Uh, he is not. I will tell you what number three is. Uh, it has a 9.12 rating on 515 total ratings. From the December 21st episode of AEW Dynamite, the Holiday Bash edition. For the AEW Women's World title, it is Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter. Hell yeah. It just, just fell out of my top 12, sadly. Uh, I loved that match. Yeah, I just watched the highlights of it. It ruled. Jamie Hayter, I miss her so much. Yeah, bring she's her, she awesome. Get better soon, like now. Uh, <laughs> I hope, man, because she's great. And she was just she ha- she was just having great matches with Tony Storm and Cheetah. And I would love to see her versus Mercedes when they're both, you know, when their limbs are sewn back on. Oh God, that I, that would be incredible. Yeah. Oh God, I want it. I want it so bad. But yeah, this was awesome. It is the highest rated women's match uh, on the list. I don't think it's the highest a women's match is ranked on the Dynamite Dozen. I believe uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa finished second on the first list. I should probably know this because I do the lists. But uh, it's been uh, three years since I wrote the uh, the first one. So I don't have it off the top of my head. But yeah, Sheeta versus Hater. Great stuff. And yeah, I will, uh, unless you guys have uh, anything else to say on that one, I can move on to the silver medalist. Let's for, do the silver uh, medalist. For the Dynamite Dozen. Uh, a 9.13 rating on 550 total ratings from the March 22nd episode of Dynamite from, I believe, Kansas City. The dream match, Kenny Omega versus El Hijo Del Vikingo. Number two on the list. Interesting. I thought this would end up being number one. Same. So now I'm curious what number one is going to be. It was for a long time. It was a runaway number one for a minute. Things kind of uh, more ratings came in and that average slipped down. Um, it was still number one for a good while, but we got one that beat it out. But yeah, it's Omega and Vikingo. That match is incredible. It's one of the best TV matches of all time. Um. Anyone asking what the story is can kick rocks, choke on the dust too. I don't care. You're lame. But, but suit, I don't know who El Hijo Del Vikingo is. How am I supposed to care? Well, I know who Dominic Mysterio is, and he sucks. So <laughs> go watch him. Go watch him trip over his feet, and you know what? And listen to him get booed as they turn up the mics on that. Like, go do that. I will watch this. This isn't for you, if that's a question. It's not for you. Go yeah, ahead. Uh, this one is going to finish like 
as of right now in the top three matches of for me on the year period so i i obviously adored this um yeah, I gave this five stars, and I, I think I've given almost ten matches five stars this year because I'm an absolute sicko-brained individual. But... I broke the scale because I, I I do that bullshit, but yeah. <laughs> we got Fred Meltzer in the house today. Yeah, um, <laughs> if I remember, go ahead, suit. Uh, sometimes I do the five plus, where it's like a okay, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Like this will live with me forever. Like my five. My scale is five is a match of the year. It's going to be mm. on my top ten. Yeah. Like, Danielson Sabre, that's a five. That's going to be on yeah, my list. I agree I with have, that, yeah. I think I have nine fives this year. I have uh, – I, I, I'm a lighter grader. There's Fred Flation. I'm stealing Griffin's gimmick, allegedly. But uh, <laughs> I, I have 19 at five, uh, and six of those are – are over five scale so, breakers yeah there you go hey it's your scale same, same function think... as your ear plus basically is just yeah. you know like these are like uh, among the best of all time so yeah like you know i don't get people who get mad at dave for like rating matches high like he liked the the match what do you want him yeah. to do about it like mm-hmm. it's his scale you have your own like yeah Move on. These people, don't require thought. People obsessed with the uh, <laughs> the Michaels Undertaker match getting four and three quarters are oh absolute weirdos. God. Yeah, exactly. They, Please they go outside. Cramming up their cram holes just like Lafleur. Uh, that if I remember correctly with this match, this was the debut of the America Ropes in Independence, Missouri, right? Mm. I couldn't tell you. I I don't recall. I, don't I never noticed what, those things. I don't care what color the robes are. Just you know, have good matches in them, and I don't. They're fine. Yeah, I agree. I but it, it, for some reason, that's resonating with me that it it correlates. But I digress. Paint, have the I I remember saying this at the time. Have the outcast spray paint them green. It wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> I don't care. That, well, uh, I don't know if you need that much Saray on your television screen, but you'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it. Sue, what's number one? Number one. The best match of AEW's fourth fiscal year? Sure. 19 to 20. Yeah. I should, again, I should know this. Um, fourth, fourth yes. Year. At, with a 9.5. Four five rating, so this is three a whole three tenths higher than uh, Omega Vikingo. Nine point four five rating on five hundred fifty five total ratings from the July fifteenth episode of Collision. Tyler, you might want to get this match watched. It's FTR <laughs> versus Bullet Club Gold for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Best of three falls. I deserve that. I deserve that. But I, I still have to finish watching Wrestle Dream from Sunday night. I only got the last two matches watched. That listen, I remember hearing all the all the hoopla about it, and it's not shocking. A nine point four five. That's that's hefty. Where is that on all time? Because I think the highest rated match on Cage Match is what like a nine point six three. Yeah, that's got to be top one hundred all time. 
I can check for you real quick. Let me. I actually have it pulled up right now. Uh, there you go. It, is, uh, it doesn't make the top uh, 100. Uh, the cutoff is 9.45, which is uh, Kinta and Loki from Mario Age in 2005. Okay, so it's the same rating as the the 100th rated match. Yeah, it's just whatever number, uh, you know, whatever division tiebreaker down they do. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm there. glad you guys are looking up the stuff on Cage Match because I, I can't navigate that site with the crap. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe it's just that I'm stupid, but I'm relatively tech savvy and it just drives me bonkers. Match guide. But uh, I believe that would be... Like what? Like it's one of the best TV matches of all time. Like I had it. I think I gave both the tag matches like the same rating. I think I went four and a quarter or four and a half on both of them because I loved the first match. The second one, if there was a lot of let's call it in the ring kind of kind of dead time but that is nitpicking a great match like it was still a great match i'm not mad at like it winning the i'm not like confused at it being number one like i get it it was fantastic uh you had the two falls and then you had the drama the third fall because it was this is a long one tyler this one rubbed up on the hour but yeah the drama at the end of it was you know, it was fantastic. It took up a whole hour of a collision. And I it was smart because they had a battle of the belts at the... This was a collision that led into a battle of the belts. But you had a whole hour of it was just one match. So that it felt like you had a two-hour show afterwards. So it was nice formatting there. And then, yeah, this match was fantastic. I'm so happy that Juice Robinson is like... A player again that like because he like this time last year juice felt just dead in the water in new japan yeah. like he was doing like he had just finished that g1 where he wasn't doing anything and you know he came over and he didn't feel like anything anymore but like he's he's bounced back he's had some great matches i love the andrade match from collision this past week people are getting into him and that's good because I was, I was really into Juice on his way up in New Japan, and I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad he's in this new environment. And he's thriving in it. He's he's great. Yeah, Juice is, he's, his eccentricness is just fantastic. I, it's, I love how people like him just feel so genuine. It just feels natural doesn't feel like he's forcing anything he's just rock hard juice robinson and you believe it you don't think he's putting on some sort of act he's he's just being himself he feels like a maniac is what he feels like like he tones it down sometimes but when he turns it up it's all the way up but yeah, yeah uh i uh i navigated cage match and i found that this is the Seventh highest rated match of the year uh, on uh, on cage match in the world. Seventh highest in the world for 2023. Uh, It is only behind a bunch of bigs, like your matches of the year singles matches. So 
You know, it's the highest rated tag match. It is uh, behind uh, Nakajima Miyahara from Noah, uh, Naito and Osprey from the G1, uh, the two Omega Osprey matches, uh, MJF Danielson and MJF and uh, Danielson Saber. Okay. Yeah. So that is the class of match this was in and. <clears throat> We got it for free on TV, folks. Never forget that. That's the point of this Dynamite Dozen. We got this stuff for free. Yeah, it was wild. It's on your cable TV. You just watch it. It's there. And you're getting matches on the level of the best matches of the year. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. I got to check... They had a Mascara Dorada Teton match from a little while ago. I, from I think it was this past weekend. I got to check that out because that is sixteenth uh, on the list. I got to go check that out. Whoa! Yeah. How many ratings? Uh, I just closed it out. It it's uh, got to be less than a hundred, right? Probably. CMLL is not rated very much on Cage Match, unfortunately. I should check match match guide twenty twenty three. Yeah, because that Teton Lightning match you sent me, Fred, was excellent. Mm-hmm. If you want more, I got it. And CMLL and Rev Pro, I got to get into those more because. Yeah, I haven't got to Rev Pro yet, sadly, but. Uh... I have I have the on demand. I still haven't seen the anniversary show, but I need to. Uh, it's yeah. at eighteen votes on Dorado yeah. and Teton. Yes, under uh, it is just under Hangman versus Mox in the Texas Death Match, which has seven hundred thirty-nine votes. So a little, a little bit of a disparity there. Yeah. But yeah, that's your list. So uh, if you want, I could just read the twelve in order and uh, as a nice, clean, like cut. Let's do it. Sure. All right. So number twelve. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Best Friends in the parking lot fight. Number 11, John Moxley versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Number 10, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold 1. Number 9, Bandito versus Brian Danielson. Number 8, the Steel Cage match, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Number 7, TNT title match, No Holds Barred. Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe 3. Number 6, the Jay Briscoe tribute match. Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal. Number 5, game 6 of the best of 7. Falls count anywhere. Death Triangle versus the Elite. Number 4, Brian Danielson versus Roosh. Number 3, Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World title. Number two, Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo. And number one, best of three falls for the AEW World Tag Team titles, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. Any surprises in their suit that that you see because you, you spend all year compiling this stuff? The surprises for me was Sheeta and Hater rating so high. That one... I wouldn't have been surprised if that one made the list, but that one being third, that one, when I released the list, like, uh, when I released a written list and, like, people see it on the site, that one's going to be like, whoa, yeah, I forgot about that one. 
that's going to be the, oh, how about that one? That's going to be that match for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Fred, let's run through our list real quick, and then I'd, yeah. I'd, love, to get, I'd love to get Suits' reaction to it and kind of and maybe have some talk about how they disparage, and then we can get out of here. I'll let you go first, sir. Sure, yeah, I can we, tell are... you. Okay. Uh, I can tell you where uh, I can tell you where the match ended up on the uh, on the compilation that I have. There we go. Uh, you want to bounce back and forth, Tyler? Twelve, twelve, eleven, eleven. Ah, let, let's let's keep it simple. Just go through sure. yours. I'll go through mine. All right, uh, my top twelve. Uh, I I have gone uh, full suit. I have included matches from Rampage and Collision. Uh, number twelve was Blood and Guts. From July 19th. I just thought that was a blast and worth mentioning in the last spot there. Number 11 was the uh, murder of Darby Allen by Samoa Joe on the December 7th Dynamite. Uh, 10th was the best of two, two out of three falls match. Uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson against FTR on Collision. Number 9 was John Moxley and Kanosuke Takeshita on the December 9th Rampage. Number 8 was Tomohiro Ishii and Chris Jericho on the November 23rd Dynamite. Uh, number seven for me was Brian Danielson and Kadosuke Takeshita on January 11th on Dynamite. Number six was the Elite versus Death Triangle in Game Six, the uh, Wild Brawl, December 28th Dynamite. Number five was Brian Danielson against Roosh on February 8th. Number four was Brian Danielson against Ricky Starks on Collision on uh, September 23rd. I don't think that. Uh, uh, suit mentioned that which was a big surprise to me because i thought that match absolutely rocked i went four and three quarter stars on that um number three was the elite versus death triangle on match uh on J january 11th in game seven uh number two was the cry in the club special uh jay lethal versus mark briscoe on january 25th it was just a really special uh match uh very emotional and uh you know just very you know unique in a good way um and a sad way too uh, and then number one, I thought was Kenny Omega versus Vikingo uh, on March 22nd. I thought that was just absolutely a fantastic match, a great outing for uh, Vikingo to show what he's capable of and just really impressive. All right. I need to make a slight update to the list. <laughs> I did, forgot to have uh, to check. Of course, it was on one of the last collisions before I finished this list. You fool. Um, <laughs> no, this definitely happens when you're working with data like this. Yeah. Quick update. This match. Um, all right. Hangman Mox 2 is off of the honorable half dozen. This match. This match will finish number one on the honorable half dozen. It is at an 8.59. God damn it. All right. <laughs> I got more work to do. <laughs> what Listen, spot was this in? I'm sorry. Or will this be in? I uh, this was a 8.5. Uh, all right. So the rating is an 8.59. So that is going to be just above the Cole MJF eliminator match. Okay. Yeah. I forgot to check that one because that was a very good match. It happens. Man. All it right. Happens. Sorry to ruin your day. Let's pop. <laughs> Accidentally. It's all good. I got to. Because I. Oh, man. I got the. Uh, the uh the column formatted out too so i gotta bump everything down it's fine i'll just change the numbers brian danielson versus ricky starts so that's what one two 
two, three, four. It's his fourth match in the top 18. That guy's very good at this. <laughs> I think he might be uh, might be something. It's a shame he was retired for almost a decade. God, they didn't know what to do with him. He was a goat. He was a goat, Muggle. They made him a literal goat. Flying goat. Oh, hate that company so much. God. <laughs> no. I I hope Dana White gets them in like super trouble and they just <laughs> everything goes to hell. I just want I'm another petty. mega billionaire to buy up the roster and then we can just yeah, give like give voices of wrestling the book. <laughs> like we could book a better product. E- even in the chaos that is the, the office slack, we could we could all collectively book a better product than WWE. Yeah, but Jeff would want to bring in like Jeff would want to bring in uh, Barnett and make him world champ, and it would just go downhill from there. He talked himself out of that pretty quickly when he was uh, reminded of Hideki (laughs) Suzuki. So we just need to like keep that in a break glass in case of emergency situation. If he gets too Anokiism ish, he'd just be like, "Oh yeah, we got to bring in the shooters," and just be like, "Oh, Hideki Suzuki, you say?" You know, I think we. Are are we talking about Jeff or Andy here? <laughs> all right, I'll, all right. This I'll is in, this is this is too inside baseball. Yeah, this is awful. <laughs> too inside baseball. All right, I I will go through my list. Um, I have a couple matches on here that I'm surprised did not make either of your lists. Um, <clears throat> number twelve from the June 14th episode of Dynamite: The Hung Bucks versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, number eleven: Jamie Hader versus Sakaro Shida from 1221. Ten. I liked the one on my birthday more, but I rated this one higher. Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe on one four on, on yeah, that Seattle a, show. Yeah. Um, nine, John Moxley, Hangman Page from February 1st. I believe that was the Hangman roll up. Um, number eight, uh, the Elite versus Death Round go game seven. Number seven, Blood and Guts from July 19th. Number six, the tribute match, Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal. Number five, Chris Jericho versus Tomohiro Ishii. Number four, Adam Cole versus MJF's Time Limit Draw from that 614 show, which has two matches on this list. Number three, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley cage match from 510. Number two, Brian Danielson versus Roosh from February 8th. And number one, Kenny Omega versus El Hio Del Vikingo from June, or sorry, March 22nd. I did not have any rampage or collision on this list because I just went off dynamite. And now I feel like a dumbass. So I betrayed you. <laughs> I'm, I'm that sticking was the, with it. That was my mid episode typing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I do want to talk about some uh, some of the matches you guys had that uh, didn't make uh, the total list. Uh, Blood and guts uh, finished with an eight point one six rating. Um. There, uh, the Eddie Kingston Claudio Castagnoli match from Grand Slam that had an 8.2. So these are uh, just off of the um, the honorable six that I got. Um, Chris Jericho versus Roderick Strong falls count anywhere. That was well, now it is the second, um, it is the second match that just missed the list because the quick update has bumped everything under it down a little bit. 
Um, I believe the next high the um there was the hater Sheeta match that was at the top of the list. The next highest rated uh women's match on the list was uh Jamie Hader versus Emmy Sakura from the January 27th Rampage. That had an 8.2 as well. So it had the same rating as Kingston Castagnoli and uh, Game 2, uh, Death Triangle versus the Elite. Uh, anything else that would have caught my eye? Um, Hung Bucks versus Blackpool Combat Club for the from the June 14th Dynamite. That had an 8.09 rating. Um, the uh, Double Jeopardy match, Castagnoli versus Phoenix, where they're uh, starting off the, the show bouncing in the ring. Uh, that actually has a 7.99 on uh, on cage match. Uh, Buddy Matthews versus Andrade in the ladder match had a 7.98. That was from the uh, July 29th collision. And anything else? Oh, yes. The highest rated CM Punk match on the list uh, was from the June 24th episode of Collision, episode 2. It was Bullet Club Gold versus FTR, Punk, and Ricky Starks at a 7.94. So I just felt like that was uh, worth mentioning. And then because I felt like it and because the match aired for free, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Jun Akiyama from the Full Gear Zero Hour got a uh, 7.86. So it didn't Not make the list, enough. but I just checked it out. And then a match that was on the list for a little bit from the December 14th Winter is Coming Dynamite. It ended up at a 7.84. Chris Jericho versus Action Andretti. That match was on the list for a little bit. It fell down, but yeah, that was a good one. Some of this is just fascinating to me and how, how how you can parse all the data and the matches you wouldn't expect to end up high or low end up in the reverse order. And I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, this is fun. It's cool. It's fun. I love doing yeah. this every year. And, you know, it is a hassle because of the year split. I have to check last year from October to December and then do this year on top of it. But I go through the hassle because this is fun and I like doing it. Well, at least the nice part about the first set of data you have to collect is it doesn't change once you that's hit right. January. So that's kind of nice. Suit, we greatly appreciate you taking the time and discussing this. With us. This is one of our favorite episodes that we do every year. And it's always cool to look back on some of the matches that you completely forgot were great. And yeah. lo and behold, they were great. Um, suit, where can the people find you and where can they find this beautiful piece of work, which I believe drops on Wednesday? Yes, it will drop for the, uh, anniversary episode of dynamite. The actual anniversary was, uh, yesterday, but they're going to do in the anniversary show tomorrow. Cause you know, that's a Wednesday. Um, you can find me on Twitter and all Twitter variants and offshoots at suit Williams. Uh, you can find my work at VoicesOfWrestling.com. That is where the Dynamite Dozen will be posted tomorrow. You are getting the uh, the uh, the scoop on it on a uh, Good, the Bad, and the Hungry. But you can see a written version of it along with video clips and uh, little blurbs 
You can see that uh, tomorrow on voiceofwrestling.com. And then uh, you can find me also on F4W online as well. I cover Ring of Honor TV and pay-per-view. And I also cover um, AEW Collision Weekly. Hell yeah, that is the legend himself, Suit Williams, here on The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry, debuting his original creation, The Dynamite Dozen. Make sure you go check it out on the site. It'll have some more interesting data points and analysis from Suit uh, on top of what we already talked about today. It's honestly the perfect complement to this show. And make sure you check us out. Make sure that you check out all of his great work at F4W Online and Voices of Wrestling, including the entire Brockumentary series, which, if you have not checked it out, is an absolute must-read. From Suit and Fred, I'm Tyler. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back later this week with a full review of Wrestle Dream. Take care. Have a good one. Hello. Do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.